Welcome to the Resident Evil Lorecast, the podcast that will explore the various mediums and lore of the Resident Evil franchise, such as the video games, movies, novels, and more. And here are your hosts, Ariel, Daniel, and Aaron. Got something that might interest you. <laughs> and welcome back to the Resident Evil Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me are my fellow hosts, Ariel. Hello. And Daniel. Hi there. You sound so excited to be here, Daniel. Always excited to be anywhere. <laughs> no, you're not. He's a hermit. He's a hermit. <laughs> I am. It's safer at home. Just so everybody knows, it's safer at home. Oh my gosh. Well, today we're going to be talking about a uh, one of my personal favorites, Umbrella Chronicles. Is it because there's an umbrella in the name? No, it's, <laughs> it's because uh, it. I love House of the Dead, like the newer, like updated ones. And this very much had a House of the Dead vibe. I had a lot of fun playing this game on the <laughs> I think, Wii. <laughs> didn't you and I play this one together? Uh, maybe. I know I played it like several times, so <laughs> we probably played it together. But anyway, so let's go ahead and just jump right in, and we're going to start with our summary. Yes. <laughs> All right. As always, it's also known as Biohazard Umbrella Chronicles in Japan. What? Because they get the awesome sounding names. I know. It is an on-rail shooter in Capcom's Resident Evil series, or else we wouldn't be covering it. It was released for the Wii console in Japan on November 15th in 2007, and then we received it June 26, 2012. We then also received an HD bundle of it and Darkside Chronicles, titled the Chronicles HD Collection. They were sold separately starting July 17th on PSN. So that works for me because I have a PlayStation. <laughs> well, you do too, but I don't count yours. Oh. We legit have like every single game console. Because of this. Because of this podcast. <laughs> I don't think that's the reason. That, no, it's not. But that is all I have for the summary on this. So not a lot going on with this one. It didn't transcend any sort of new play styles or anything. It was pretty bog standard. It did have Wesker on the Wii cover. It did. <laughs> so with summary out of the way, let's talk plot. You can't steal my line. That's my line. <laughs> Say the line now. Let's talk plot. So this game features past game stories through a first-person perspective and does not allow free movement. Mm -mm. No. It features Resident Evil 0, Resident Evil, and Resident Evil 3. To show the events that lead to Umbrella's end in three scenarios with sub-stories that were never seen before explaining other events. So, we'll, I'll get into that when I start discussing the different parts of the... So, let's start with the first one. Train derailment. And this takes place during Zero, of course. So you have the scenario, train derailment. A summation of Resident Evil Zero divided up into three acts where the player chooses between Rebecca Chambers or Billy Cohen. The first act follows Rebecca and Billy through the train and ends with a boss battle with Stinger. The second takes place in the Umbrella Executive Training School and the church and a boss battle with the infected bat. 
And the last one takes place in the bowels of the Arclay treatment plant and the battle with the Queen Leech. So, you know, it just goes over everything that was in Zero. So then you have Beginnings. And this reveals Wesker's actions during this time frame. So the T-Virus escaped into Umbrella's training facility due to Dr. Marcus's attack. And Wesker must escape from the facility in order to pursue his next mission, luring the STARS team to the Arclay Laboratory. The Proto-Tyrant was the T-001. The Proto-Tyrant T-001 model's death is retconned as being at the hands of Wesker. So that's that. After successfully reaching the surface, Sergei Vladimir confronts him and not noticing Wesker's betrayal and unknowingly mistaking his actions as failure, dispatches the T-103 models called Ivan to punish him. And Wesker barely manages to escape with his life. So then you have the next one is the mansion incident. And of course, that place takes place during Resident Evil. So you have Nightmare 1 and Nightmare 2. Rebecca Chambers and Richard Aiken meet up at the Spencer Mansion and try to find Enrico Marini. This scenario also shows how Yawn attacked Richard. So then you get into Mansion Incident, a summarization of Resident Evil divided into three acts, where the player can choose between Chris and Jill, of course. It follows them through their meeting with the Spencer Mansion, ending with a battle with Eon and Rebecca's level. It continues through the gardens and outer areas, ending with a battle with the Plant 42. And finally through the labs in a battle with T-002. And then you have a rebirth. Wesker awakes in basement level four of the Arclay Laboratory resurrected by a special virus sample he received from William Birkin and discovers that the tyrant has been destroyed and the mansion's self-destruct system has been activated. He attempts to get Umbrella's data, but realizes that it has been backed up to a supercomputer called UMF-013 by Sergey. Furthermore, his access privileges to the mainframe system have been revoked by the Red Queen, with minutes to spare, Wesker changes his plans and fights his way out of the mansion. At the very end, he finds the exit blocked by his long-lasting test subject, Lisa Trevor, whom he decides to give the final treatment. So next you have Raccoon's Destruction. So this is three, divided up into three levels where the player can choose between Jill or Carlos. So part one follows Jill and Carlos's way to the train station. The boss is Gravedigger. You have part two. This segment follows Jill and Carlos going through a train station to the RPD. And uh, the boss at this one is over 20 Hunter R's. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Not. <laughs> um, and then you have part three. This final segment follows Jill and Carlos's exploration through the RPD and their fight with Nemesis. So then in this one, you have Death's Door. This covers Ada's mission to bring the G-Virus sample back to Wesker. Although heavily injured during the events of 2, 
Ada survived and returned to the surface. She attempts to rendezvous with a contact at the Apple Inn, but finds him already dead, having killed himself. Hmm, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Wesker then contacts her via phone and informs her that she has failed and that her betraying them and rescuing Leon would have consequences for their organization. Ada shows Wesker a tissue fragment of Birkin's dead body as a sample of the G-Virus, at which point he tells her that Raccoon City is about to be bombed and a helicopter with an umbrella officer is the only possible way to leave, thus saving her life with the information. Ada handily defeats a tyrant art that was absorbed by Nyx. After the fight, she uses the hook shot she collected from the dead contact to board the chopper. And inside, Sergei and an unnamed Umbrella executive talk about stealing the computer core UMF-013 from his own company. And then you have Fourth Survivor. And this is a retelling of the bonus scenario of the same name introduced in two. It covers Special Agent Honk's mission to return the G-Virus sample to Umbrella. In this remake, radio interference causes the player to pick up a variety of transmissions, such as the police's doomed attempts to fight the zombies, the last broadcast of a surrounded radio station, advertisements for various umbrella products, the dying pleas of Hunk's only surviving teammate, and someone screaming, Raccoon City, Raccoon City. Hunk makes it to the roof of the police department and is picked up by a chopper. So now we've come to Umbrella's End. And this, all the scenarios in this are new and haven't been portrayed in the series before. They take place in 2003, five years after the destruction of Raccoon City and one year before Resident Evil 4. So in Umbrella's End, a three-part story dealing with Chris Redfield and Jill Valentine attacking a security, uh, securing Umbrella's most important remaining facility. The Russian stronghold in the Caucasus region, where the Red Queen supercomputer and all of Umbrella's data is being held. Anticipating an attack, Sergei unleashed the T-virus into his own facility, along with the most powerful BOWs the company had to offer. Jill and Chris penetrate deep into the facility, ultimately destroying Umbrella's most sophisticated bioweapon ever, the T-A-L-O-S project. Then you have Dark Legacy. As Chris and Jill unintentionally cause a diversion, Wesker also infiltrates Sergei's stronghold with a much more insidious mission. Sergei soon confronts Wesker and sends two of his tyrants to kill him. Wesker proves to be more than a match for Ivan thanks to his superhuman abilities and continues his infiltration of the facility. In the end, Wesker faces Sergei for the last time, who self-destructs himself with the T-Virus and mutates him into a monster. 
Wesker kills him and steals all the data Umbrella accumulated over years of research and then wipes the computer clean. By gaining this data, Wesker starts his plan to revive the Umbrella Corporation under his command, as revealed in 4. So, during and after the credits, though, more information about the storyline is revealed. It is stated that the Umbrella Corporation was finally found guilty on all charges of its involvement in the Raccoon City outbreak, though the prosecution remained quiet about how they acquired the necessary information. As a key witness, an anonymous witness close to the suspect also implicated Oswell Spencer personally, starting a global manhunt for the Umbrella founder. At the very end of the game, Wesker is shown entering the same command room that he uses in 4. He places all the stolen Umbrella data into his computer, allowing him to take possession of all the company's assets and information, and promises that he will meet Spencer again and usher in a new era for himself. So, a lot going on in this game. Yeah. We get a huge info dump in this game. We do. I love this game. This game was so much fun. <laughs> so the first thing I want to I want to shout out about this game is number one, our returning champion bosses. We get to see them. This is and this is prior to the remake games. We get to see them updated in better graphics, and we get to fight them all over again. So our beloved boss battles from all the previous games we get to enjoy again. Yeah, and for someone not wanting to dive deep into the other games again this is just a fun little short mm-hmm. game like many games to play though it doesn't hit all the major information it does hit a majority of it so you know if someone's like I just want to know a little about the Resident Evil lore this is a great game to sink your teeth into to get into that mm-hmm. well if you get both it and Dark Side Chronicles you do get a lot of the information to kind of get you where you need to be mm-hmm and that's that's what I love about these two games is the fact that you know you don't have to dedicate a whole lot of time to them, but you get the gist of the storyline. Mm-hmm. The second thing I want to bring up about this is I love the fact that at the end of Dark Side Chronicles, we finally get information as to what happened to Umbrella. Yeah, agreed. You get to see and you get to see that, and I love the fact that it goes before four. Yeah, definitely. It fills in those necessary gaps, I think. Because mm-hmm. uh, Dark Side Chronicles did that too with Krauser, mm-hmm. at least. Filled in those little things. I do have to say, I would love a Krauser game. Yeah. <laughs> definitely would I love a Krauser game. Cannot say that enough. But all that being said, I think it's time we take a nice little mid-break here. All right, and here we are in our mid-break. And the first thing we have to do, of course, is thank our patrons. Woohoo! So, we want to give a big shout-out to our patrons, Anthony Bellotti, Remington Cloutier, and Chris Light. You guys are awesome. Yeah, keep it up. (laughs) In all seriousness, we really do appreciate you guys. Uh, everything you guys, you know, managed to, you know, give to the show, 
we are working on a way to give back to you all. And we're doing this in 2022 by releasing here soon. We're going to drop on our Patreons across all the shows, new stretch goals. And these stretch goals will contain giveaways and prizes and all kinds of lovely stuff for you, the patrons. So this is just another way we want to say thank you and give back to the community that makes it possible for us to do this. So big shout out to y'all and for all our listeners, huge shout out to you too. And the people who subscribe and follow and share and review, you're all wonderful and you make it so that our show reaches more listeners every day. You're incredible. And we love you. Thank you so much for that. But with all that being said, we have some news to get to. (laughs) So Daniel, what do you got? Well, it's certainly not news, but it is merchandise. So you have some time to save up for this, everybody, and also to send us one. So (laughs) what do you mean? Send us one. We're going to buy one of our own. Well, you can send me one then. (laughs) So in June, looks like exactly June 27th of this year, GameStop will have a Resident Evil Tyrant T002 11-inch statue for $99.99. Why did they do (laughs) that? Just make it $100. Just make it $100. And that's probably, oh, it says free shipping because it's over $35. So it's through Numskull is who makes it, but GameStop will have it in June. But I would go to their website because we know how some of the GameStops are. That Mm -hmm. stuff sells out pretty quick. So I would definitely go to the website. Is it available for pre-order right now? Yes, it is. Big red box says pre-order. I would say go out and pre-order it as soon as you can if you want to get your hands on it. Yeah, pre-order two or three and send them to us. (laughs) We already pre-ordered ours. We will share that in the show notes and in Discord and Twitter. Right. So in other Resident Evil news, what do you got, Ariel? Well, I am covering the news that came out today. I hope you all didn't get excited. Yeah, I'll get into it. So the article I have is on Nintendo Life and it says Capcom suspicious Resident Evil tease was just a website update. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, we already posted about it on our Twitter. Um, but what do you got, Ariel? So it was basically them updating their history in mm-hmm. the portal. And that's about that's about it. Not exciting, not fun. So <laughs> I wanted to cover it because, well, it came out today. Yep. And so I'm sorry, listeners, I am disappointed as well. Now, I will give it a caveat. I did check the website out. Um, The announcement was also in regards to more info being dropped on the 22nd of this month in the history area. It is a pretty cool website. If you're just looking for a quick synopsis on each game, you know, it's pretty cool. And it's got some of our favorite characters and concept designs and stuff on it. So it's pretty cool for your big RE fans. But I mean, honestly, it's not something we couldn't Google. I was I was hoping hoping for something cool Mm. well i do have something that might be up that alley oh so it's raving across the internet it's been on every single twitter we follow it is all over the place capcom has a website dedicated solely to a countdown 
Now, as of the time of this recording, we have five days and three hours left, which means the countdown should go off about midnight central time. So, theories. I personally believe, because it's all over the place, a lot of people are sitting here saying it's probably just a Street Fighter announcement, which for our Street Fighter fans, that's fantastic. Especially since it's the 35th anniversary of Street Fighter this year. It's a big year for Street Fighter. However, I personally believe that Capcom's getting on the same announcement kick that Nintendo has done for a little while now, which is they're going to, and this is a theory, I feel like they're going to announce not only the 35th anniversary of Street Fighter events, but I feel like they're going to do a huge info drop solely because of the tweets that I've been seeing on the official Resident Evil page. They've been actively saying that the Resident Evil team has been actively working on several projects and they've been hinting at big work coming ahead. It's just been a a year for hints for the Resident Evil community. We still haven't gotten any announcements of any sort of DLC for Village other than it exists. It's coming. I feel like this is going to be a huge drop for a lot of games. I'm hoping that it is some news on nine. (laughs) And of course, my four remake, but I'm hoping for some news on nine because I'm excited to see what they do with nine. Mm -hmm. They put Rebecca in it. Now, (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't get too excited for any news on nine, but I would say that we could probably expect some REverse news. Probably. Well, with all that being said and all that news dropped, let's go ahead and jump to the end of the episode. Well, here we are at the end of the episode, and now it's time to talk BOWs. Daniel, what do you got? All right. So most of the BOWs are the same as Darkseid Chronicles, as they are in past previous games. So you can find that list in the previous episode. And if you play the previous games, you'll know which ones are in there. So I'm going to go over the few that are new to this game. So let's start with Hunter Delta. There's not much information. It is a bio-organic weapon created by Umbrella as part of their black market weapons program. It was as its name suggests, based on the Hunter line of B.O.W.'s. Three of these Hunters were encountered by Chris Redfield and Jill Valentine. and do not have much on their actual biology, but they were created before 2003, so somewhere in that range right before this game. Alright, the next one is the one everybody wants to hear about. Is Next one is the Tyrant Armored Lethal Organic System, or Talos. That name just sounds brutal. It is. It was, a bio, was biologically engineered by the Umbrella Corporation to be the ultimate bio-organic weapon. It is a computer-controlled, powered assault armor grafted onto the body of a Tyrant T-011. So it's a mech that a Tyrant pilots. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> it's a armored mech tyrant. Just when you think Umbrella couldn't make the tyrants any more terrifying, they add robot exoskeletons to them. 
Yeah, how else do you uh, kill your protagonist? All right. The Talos uses a tyrant as its base while adding remote computer control capabilities via a chip implanted in the brain. Its cardiovascular system is artificially improved, giving it mobility unthinkable in a natural organism. Its body is armored in a special metallic alloy that not only helps it defend itself from missiles and other projectile fire, but also restrains one but also restrains runaway T-virus mutation. So it keeps it from transforming any further. It has also been equipped with a homing MRL weapon system to allow it to respond to distant targets. The Talos can use its massive left arm to either sideswipe or crush opponents, and its rocket launcher has a rate of fire similar to a submachine gun. Although it is a humanoid BOW, it has enough armor and firepower to stand against the tank. After being defeated in this form, Talos mutates, most of its armor and long-range weapons detach, its legs disappear, and it anchors itself to the overhanging Red Queen. So let's just add it to a bigger computer. This form begins to utilize more physical attacks, such as flinging pieces of the ceiling with robotic claws mounted on tentacles. Its arms have mutated into massive appendages, ending with enormous claws, allowing Talos to swipe at and crush its enemies. So don't do enough damage to turn it into something else, and you'll be fine. You can already fight it with a tank. And not win. And not win. Alright, so the last one I have is Ivan. And Ivan is a specially re-engineered derivation of the T-103 Tyrant line designed by Umbrella to serve as a bodyguard of Colonel Sergei Vladimir. One Ivan was used in an attempt to kill Albert Wesker in the Umbrella Executive Training School, where Colonel Vladimir ordered it to punish him for his failure and disobedience. Let's see here. The Ivan was no match for Wesker's superhuman abilities, and both of them were easily killed. The Ivan is similar to the original T-103, but they wear a protective coat with black gloves, complete with boots. The color schemes differ, however, the Ivan's coats are light. The Ivan's coats are white, and their boots are white with black shoelaces, while the T-103s are green. They also wear wraparound sunglasses that include a heads-up display. Their basic combat functionality was similar to that of a T-103, but modified to be better at assimilating into human society. Major improvements with this model include greater powers of comprehension, the ability to actually pass as a human, and complicated firearms training. However, it is still a Model T-103 derivative, and as such, it can presumably transform into a super tyrant form after being fatally damaged. So you've given this thing more weapons training and it can pass in human society. So you're just asking for more trouble. Luckily, they didn't make too many as far as we know. That's what Resident Evil 9 is going to be about. The Ivans. The Ivans. Resident Evil 9, Ivans Revenge. (laughs) (laughs) Got the title for you, Capcom. Here you go. And that's what I have on (laughs) BOWs. So, with B.O.W.'s out of the way, what do we got for characters? A whole long list of characters we've already seen. (laughs) Oh, no. But I'm going to go through them anyways. So, you have Chris, 
Redfield, Jill Valentine, Albert Wesker, Rebecca Chambers, Richard Aiken, Billy Cohen, Carlos Oliveira, Forrest Speyer, Kenneth Sullivan, Brad Vickers, Leon Kennedy, Ada Wong, Hunk, Nighthawk, Goblin Six, Bronson, Sergey Vladimir, James Marcus, Lisa Trevor, Ivan, Nemesis T-Type, William Birkin, and the Red Queen. So, like, maybe three of those we have not heard anything about. Yeah, long list of people in this game. It's a nice cleanup game. I will say that it's a nice cleanup information, you know, patch kind of game. There is one I really do want to discuss, and it's Daniel's favorite, and uh, it's got a little special place in my heart as well, the Red Queen. Yes. So the Red Queen was a highly advanced and self-aware umbrella computer. Its primary objective is oversight and protection of umbrella assets. Its secondary objective is the protection of umbrella officer lives. Its third objective is unknown because Wesker destroyed the computer before it was revealed. <laughs> so you never know what the third one was. It was originally integrated into the Arclay Laboratory, but was moved away by Sergei during the T-Virus outbreak in 98. Wesker first met Red Queen in that same year while trying to retrieve Umbrella's information through a computer, Red Queen cut off his access and introduced itself. This caused Wesker to destroy the computer's monitor in a moment of anger and to vow revenge on Red Queen. It was relocated to a facility in Russia, and by the time of 2003, it gave a report on a biohazardous outbreak to its leader, Sergei, caused by Wesker. It was last seen by Wesker in the Russian facility where he managed to save the entire Umbrella history into a single Red Queen integrated disc. So, yeah. I love the Red Queen. So I think we'll save talking about the Red Queen differences when she comes up again, inevitably in our discussions of the RE movies. Um, but I will say there's quite a difference between the one we see in the game and the one we see in the movie. You're all going to die down here. <laughs> With all the characters out of the way, I think it's time that we talk Easter eggs and unlockables for Umbrella Chronicles. Again, we have another game that doesn't have any Easter eggs or any that I've been able to find. But we do have a few things that we can unlock. Let's go ahead and start with cooperative mode in every single mission. So, so in order to unlock this, you must complete the fourth survivor submission on any difficulty. It'll automatically unlock cooperative play on any mission, including the submissions. All you have to do at that point is just choose begin with two players. The next unlockable that we're going to discuss is infinite ammo via weapon leveling. Once you level all the weapons to four, you may heighten level them to level five. Reach level five with any weapon to unlock its unlimited ammo. So some of these are pretty simple as uh, self-explanatory kind of unlockables. 
Um, however, the next one we do get is the hand cannon. In the four survivor scenario, there's a hidden room in the police station lobby near the front door. Hunk will glance at this door upon entering, shoot them into the room, and you'll find the hand cannon inside on the desk. So that is one that I missed during my playthrough. I did not know you could get a hand cannon. Yeah, I don't play them for all that stuff. So. <laughs> so there's another unlockable section where you can get classic items from the game. Um, each of these items can be unlocked. Uh, there are previous Resident Evil game items, um, and they can be unlocked by achieving A rank um, on normal or an S rank on hard chapters. Um, there is a very extensive list of these items, and I'm not going to go through all of them because it is quite a few. Um, but if you want to see that list for yourself, you can go to IGM.com uh, backslash wikis backslash Resident Evil The Umbrella Chronicles. And you can check out the list there. Um, but there are some pretty cool ones like the G-Virus. Um, you can get the motherboard. Uh, you can get a picture of Ada and John. You know, there's some pretty cool ones in here. Um, the last one that we're going to talk about is infinite ammo and new scenarios. So you can unlock new scenarios uh, and there's a multiple of different ways to do it. Um, you can unlock beginnings one by de train derailment three defeat beginnings two defeat beginnings one with at least an A rank dark legacy one defeat fall of umbrella three dark legacy two defeat death store and nightmare two. Death's Door, Defeat Raccoon Destruction 3, and at least an A rank. Survivor 4, Defeat Dark Legacy 2. Nightmare 1, Defeat Mansion Incident 1. Nightmare 2, Defeat Nightmare 1 with at least an A rank. Rebirth 1, Mansion Incident 3. And Rebirth 2, Defeat Rebirth 1. The final one, which we discussed briefly in the uh, plot summary, was for Survivor, and you unlock that by defeating Dark Legacy 2. And if you want to unlock infinite ammo for any of the guns in the game, you must beat each mission on hard, finishing it with an S rank. So every single mission in the game must be beat on hard mode with an S rank. So, you know, initial playtime to get through this entire game, not a whole lot. But if you want to 100% it, there's quite a bit to do, and it's quite the challenge. Especially for infinite ammo, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. I'm a sucker for infinite ammo. <laughs> but again, like I said, if you don't want to go that route, you can always unlock infinite ammo for any gun. You can level up to level five. So, but yeah, there is our unlockables for Umbrella Chronicles. So we've had a massive info drop this episode and I have exciting news for Ariel. Because the next episode we jump into is none other than Resident Evil 4. You say you have exciting news like I didn't know 4 was next. <laughs> I was like actually I know, excited about something. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, we're doing 4. I already know that. I already know that, listeners. But with all that being said, before we can get to that in the end of this episode, I need some ratings from you all. So, Daniel, what are you giving this one? I'll go with four out of five Rebecca's. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I'm going to stop saying with some of these games because Rebecca's not in it because that's unfair to Rebecca. <laughs> but uh, Rebecca I, is in this one, though. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that's that'll help this rating. Oh, okay. That you reminded me. Uh, no, that also that there's more story because we mm-hmm. get to find out more behind the scenes with Wesker and of course like Ariel said the Red Queen because I do like the Red Queen and most of its iterations so that helped this writing um, as far as the gameplay going back through everything I did like having a refresher mm-hmm. in some stuff especially if it's been a while but I'm going to go with 4 out of 5 for my rating so why aren't we getting a perfect 5 out of this guy it's not all about Rebecca so an unfair rating roger that uh moving on well i mean technically all of our ratings are opinion based so (laughs) you can't get mad at them because it's Uh, all opinion based but me this is five leons out of five i had a lot of fun playing this game i have a lot of fond memories of my little zapper and on the wii playing this game a lot i did play this a lot more than dark side chronicles it was just fun for me. I can't really explain. It, I just really like this game. So five out of five. So I am going to be fair with this one because I know a lot of the times I rag on these shooter games, you know, these very much House of the Dead shooter style. But this one, I think, did it right. So I'm going to have to give it a five out of five as well because I feel like it did it right. I feel like we got some questions answered after many years of this game being out or the series being out. Um, And it was a nice way to, like you put it, Daniel, it's a nice way to recap things. Um, I can't really say anything bad about it, except I wish it was a little bit longer in some aspects. But you know, I'll take what I can get out of it and I'll give it its five. Well, the next game we're going to cover is very lengthy, so <laughs> I don't want to hear uh, we didn't have enough time on the next one. <laughs> I will say this. I felt like this game was very much a placeholder, um, but I think they did it right. I think it was a very well oh, done we, placeholder. Exactly. I agree. It was just I had fun playing. It, it was just mm-hmm. fun. It wasn't for you know, new storylines, new this and that. It was just a fun game to play. So with all that being said, I want to thank everybody for listening and tune in next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us tonight on the Resident Evil Lurecast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, tell a friend. Leave a comment and review. If you want to keep chatting with us about all things Resident Evil, you can find us on the Robots Radio Discord. You can also chat with us at RELurecast on Twitter. Till next time, stay safe out there. And remember, we might have something that might interest you, stranger.